Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Recording a little bit late because uh, one of our co-hosts, Ryan, you didn't have internet at your I, house. I don't want to talk about it. Like, in the most in the most wired, influential city in the world, like, New York City, you didn't have internet. Don't move to New York, but definitely don't move to a different apartment once you live. Once you, if you are going to move to New York, just stay wherever you are and never leave. Um, I think this is a good approach anywhere, actually. Just don't move. Don't ever move. So, to be clear, I have no internet at the place where I live. Jason Kirk, you have internet where? I am in the parking lot at uh, at my daughter's gym. I'm sitting in my car because uh, I, I first it came outside, and then I was like, well, this is pretty weird, sitting on a bench, talking into my computer. So I said, I'll sit in my car. That's uh, maybe like 1% less weird. I don't, so far, it, it seems to be just as weird, but... Um, there's really strong Wi-Fi here, uh, so that part's good. You know somebody's going to walk by your car and assume that you're looking at pornography, right? Um, well, what I, what I am looking at is even more shameful because it's, it's uh, just, just a bunch of football schedules for, for months and months away. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess the concern here is, is, is if I'm arrested you know, during the middle of this, probably wouldn't be the first time, so you guys know the protocol. Yeah, that's true, and uh, we know who to call. It's true, because remember, all, all arrests in Georgia are negotiable. Yeah, just a uh, let's what's what's our what's our what's our currency here? It's not money, sweet tea or something. I don't know. It's like no, it's, it's like a monopoly. You just got to roll doubles and you get yeti out. yeti cups. Like that's a yeti five cups. that's a five yeti cup bond you got to post there. Yeah, With, we we already got we already got one of those now, don't we? Yeah, we do. I got one in the mail because my, my wife heard me making fun of them and she bought me one. Like, oh, oh, she's like, oh, I'll show you. And she forgot so many important things that are basic and true about me and doing this in order to dunk on me and burn me. Okay. Can, can you try doing this with other products? Can you be like, oh, Xbox One is terrible? Yeah, yeah, I really should. <laughs> now, keep in mind, by the way, like, I ultimately paid for this, right? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. Part, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I, I will say this. Uh, I don't. It's a, it's a useless product because it's it's basic. It's predicated on the notion that you need a temper a liquid to maintain its temperature over an extended period of time. That implies that at any period of time less than or over fifteen minutes, I would not have completely destroyed the beverage right. because I drink like um, I drink like a dog does. Right, like they see it and they're like, "I'm going to drink everything in this bowl." Yeah, I, I, I have never looked at you and thought that you are more Turner than Hooch. So, right. So, so we, all a... fall, we all fall on one side of that continuum, <laughs> right? Either you're the Turner or you're the Hooch. Brady yeah. Hoke, you were a Hooch. Man, he's so he's so a Hooch. You're more so, of a Turner. Yeah, I probably am more of a Turner. Yeah. This Jason, product we're describing, it's a it's a thermos, is what it is. Correct. It is a forty dollar. I'm 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 from Georgia, so I I feel like I'm supposed to know what Yeti is, but I really do not at all. Uh, it's it's expensive camping stuff. Yes. I, it, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's basically like it's high end camping. It's not even camping, really. It's high end coolers. Ta it's tailgating stuff, right? Allegedly. Or sure. or or if you're gonna say camp camping in the sense of like. Me and the bros are going canoeing. Exactly. We're outdoorsy types. Right. Oh, that means you like drinking outside. Right. 
<laughs> so that we're talking like it's you you have the big green egg of cups. Mm-hmm. That is that I was trying to explain this to somebody else and they go, is this the big green egg of cups? To which I say 100% yes. The overlap between the big green egg crew and the Yeti crew is one to one. Like, just take take those two circles and lay them on top of each this, other. This makes me sad because I feel it's cutting into the market for. I forget what that giant like. It looked like a very small keg, but it was the classic. Oh, Dad needs a lot of coffee in the morning on the way to work, and this doesn't fit in any cup holder because it's too extreme. That exactly. That mug, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it'll keep your iced tea cold for three days. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to review. You know, in case your arm gets caught in a crevice. (laughs) I would like to review the insanity behind every degree of this sentence, which people have said to me on multiple occasions, as if this were a talking point thrown out to gaslight me into thinking this was a necessary consumer product. Okay. First. Who drinks tea voluntarily? Tea's crap, okay? James Bond was always of the opinion that tea was the downfall of the British Empire, that coffee kept them going. That's true. Coffee's a more productive beverage. It's better. Tea is garbage. It's like drinking uh, water that's been sitting in a perfume holder too long. That's what tea is. It's garbage, and sweet tea's even worse. Fuck you, Todd Starnes, okay? Sweet tea is like... Sweet tea is like the most entry-level Southerner bullshit possible, okay? It is like the Redbird Reading Group, Easy Reader. I'm Southern, so here, I drink sweet tea. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. So I'm so glad you managed to, like, enter the, like, Duplo-level Southernism there. Sweet tea, okay? sweet tea had to be invented on accident. Like, somebody asked for tea with sugar, and somebody just, the, the waiter or waitress got way too wild with the sugar. It was like, uh... No, this is this is local specialty. It's called sweet tea. It's supposed to have a whole cup. Yeah, we, we meant to dump that entire cup of sugar in there. <laughs> That's not at all some sort of elaborate tax dodge we have on sugar subsidies. That's energy. I always thought I was the only Southerner with this opinion, but it's good to find out there are others. Oh, oh like, sweet tea is terrible. Sweet tea is trash. I, I do I do like regular tea. Eat a candy bar, if, like, if you want to eat a candy bar, you're allowed to do that. I will say yeah. uh, the... <laughs> The coffee shop near near the place I just moved to does have an advertisement on the door that explicitly suggests you can have a breakfast consisting of coffee and Twix. So that that is that is sweet tea, coffee and Twix. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically it. Also, by the way, like sweet tea to me is the Kevin Spacey's accent on House of Cards of Southern beverages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. declare. I do declare. I love my sweet tea. It's one of those things that uh, I don't want to say people are insincere in their choice of beverage because sugar does stimulate parts of the brain um, that give you positive endorphins and whatever. But come on, it's 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 not it's not it's not like this this sacred heritage, you know, sugar in, in dirty water. But no, I mean, I, 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 I guess now at this point, we've talked about weird things that Southerners like way too much. And things that Southerners invest way too much money in, Overhi- and symbols overhyped, of sad Southern, overhyped, overhyped symbols of sad Southernness. So we might as well get into Tennessee now. Tennessee football. I also, by the way, I also want one other note on this. By the way, it, like who who the hell's like keeping a beverage around for three days? I'm drinking it. Like if I drink it in half the allotted amount of time, that's a day and a half. Yeah, I mean, especially you with kids, you can't just leave a beverage laying around. No. 
you know, every child is DJ Paul. Okay, if you leave your drink around them, your drink going to get drunk up. I'm <laughs> get drunk up. And, and, and in my house, it won't get drunk up. It'll just get tipped over or moved or something. Yeah, because tipped she, over. She, she drinks like a tiny bird. Tipped over. I, I mean, I have two children who both will drink like pond water. So you can't leave anything, and they will both knock it over. And uh, I mean, every parent has this nightmare, which is, where's my wine glass? <laughs> It's been enjoyed. One of the kids yeah. one of the kids is eating it right now. And nothing good can happen. Either they drank it or they spilled it. Or they broke the cup and then spilled it. And uh now I have an injury on top of parental negligence. It's great. Or they or they or they like swashed it around under their nose and wrote a blog post about it. Yeah. So hey, why don't we just take all this optimism, Tennessee? Tennessee and, and we'll just we'll just put it into a we'll put it into a five thousand dollar cooler. Five thousand. You put it on layaway for you, and you know you can put it in hell and it'll stay cold. You know what? You put it in hell. You 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 mock the Yeti, but you know where they're going to be shit ton of them. That game at Bristol. Oh my oh god! god. <laughs> like the only larger concentration of Yeti products would be Old Miss Vandy. Yeah, like Old Miss. <laughs> no, but the battle the battle at Bristol is going to have. I would estimate you could probably build like a sizable igloo out of Yeti coolers there. <laughs> That'll be done. That'll happen. <laughs> that Yeti cooler, easily larger than the GDP of the state of Mississippi. Like when you add up how much it would cost. Aww. Is this going to be the kind of thing where like DT fans show up with their Yetis and they're so super proud of them, and then here come the Vols with their even bigger and more compensating Yetis, and and then VT is like shamed and has no, to has no. to has no, to that's when VT embraces the lunch bo- the lunchbox feeling. You know? Oh yeah, small the new cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're like, listen, I, I this is a seven hundred dollar lunchbox, and, it, <laughs> yeah. and and you know what? It'll keep your sandwich cold for seven months. Oh yeah, Tennessee, check out this keychain. It'll keep your tic tac cool. <laughs> as um, opposed to ten, as opposed to Tennessee football, which will keep your heart cold for uh, decades on end. Jason, I've ar- I've already told this to Spencer, so he doesn't get to guess, but. How many days do you think Bristol Motor Speedway has to turn a NASCAR facility into a football field? Uh, that time of year, uh, is it five? It's twenty. They have twenty. 20 okay. da- they have twenty days. They have to work around the clock. And one of the things they are doing is hanging a um, hanging a jumbotron over the infield that weighs seven hundred tons, and it is called the Colossus. And it, it looks like the thing from Star Trek. Isn't yeah. that Star Trek? The yeah, big yeah, square yeah. spaceship? Yeah it, yeah, it looks like the Borg. Yep. Uh, so that'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. So, so, um, I, and you know, the Haslams are associated with this game. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm confident there are no kickbacks or illegal contracts or schemes being run here whatsoever. And the, the big, the big space cube is hung by a bunch of suspended cables so i'm thinking are we saying the third quarter that there's like tennessee fans racing to the middle and virginia tech fans shooting at them or (laughs) second quarter yeah that sounds right (laughs) that and that and this the this tennessee team for is this the second year running or i mean is this two years in a row or is this the third year running that that they're gonna they're gonna turn the corner this is my I, I love running I, gags. I think and this, this is, is one only, of the better ones. I think this is only the second year. 
I think yeah, this is like, the second year. Last year it was it was sort of fluctuating, like enter the offseason, like, oh no, I think Tennessee's gonna be overrated. Wait a second, Tennessee's actually kinda underrated. Oh no, nope, Tennessee's overrated. Yeah. This year I hopes are high, but because it's Tennessee, that's a bad sign. Uh it does not help yeah. that they have a severely backloaded schedule. Uh, in terms of easy games, I should say. So it's a really front-loaded schedule. Uh, they got to play. There's the Virginia Tech game we've been talking about. Florida, Georgia, A&M, Alabama. Uh, they have to play all of those teams in their first six games. So this could very much be a replay of last year where the first half of the season is full of anguish and despair and the second half of the season has improvement that nobody cares about outside of no, no, no. Oh, oh, improvement. <laughs> Half a season of Tennessee improvement. Are you saying 2017 SEC favorites? I am saying 2017. Not even division favorites. Whole damn conference. National title favorites. Oh, National title oh, favorites. I, I say, folks, right now, if 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 Butch, whichever Butch is the head coach there, mm-hmm. no one remembers his last name. Yep. Uh, because it's one of them. Butch Cassidy. If, if he if he doesn't get this team to 15 and 0 in 2017. It's time to move on. Out on his I'm ass. setting the pressure high. The out, pressure is out, on the balls. Out on his ass. Yeah. Get uh, rid of. Fire him now for that. They did. They did. Uh, they did manage to do something that uh, you wouldn't think a Tennessee coach could pull off with great ease. But on the back end, in a roundabout way, they hired Vanderbilt's defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah. That is. That is one way to describe what happened. Yes, that that is the way I'm planning to look okay, at it. Okay, cool. I'm going, I'm going to ignore that. Hey, listen, when the government says you bought a kilo of cocaine, mm, okay, right, you didn't just bring it from Colombia. Nope, nope, it came through somewhere. There was a transit point. I see. But guess what? You still bought that kilo of cocaine, okay? And the contraband in this case, Penn State, is, the co- the Canada of college football. You know, you done laundered Bob Shoop. They laundered. They laundered a Shoop. <laughs> Uh, there and he's real good. He he's real, real good at his job. They used to run shine. Now do, they run shoop. Do you think yeah. somebody will have in the Vol Navy will have a boat called the Shoop Sloop? Yes, <laughs> already done. And, and, and second question. And it, after they give up thirty points in some game, immediately remain. <laughs> I was going to say, will they? He's will a good they, defensive coordinator, but these things happen. Will that? Will that sloop? The, the Shoop Sloop suffer a mysterious accident in the Tennessee River and be recovered for the insurance money. Maybe. Who's to say? Accidents happen. <laughs> life's, life's funny that way. That's why you buy insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's one thing they didn't fix, uh, which was Josh Dobbs. Not really sort of... It just didn't... The, the thing you sort of expected to happen didn't happen, and they got conservative late in games. And um, did, did that cost them last year? Either of you, just answer. Did they get to Leeds and then blow them? Did that happen? I think I recall that happening maybe like four times. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, uh, that's yeah. several. It's true. Um, and just a reminder, um, who who was their, their offensive guy? Who, who's their, their, their primary offensive coordinator and strategist? That'd be uh, Mike DeBoard, right? Debord. Debord. Yeah, Debord. Kind of conservative. Kind of conservative, right? Uh, Debroad. 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 Defensively, they they should be better. I just don't really sort of. 
I just don't sort of see Josh Dobbs being the kind of guy who can pass them in anything but like a run first team with the occasional like, you know, scramble out of the way, make a few plays downfield. Uh, they'll have to be a lot better on defense if they want to make up those kind of margins because they lost a lot of close games. And I know what people always say, which is, oh, man, those games are so close. We could just, you know, like we just turned it around. OK, that's a big. Yeah. Game. Yeah. You, you sort of assume just looking at the scores that luck will regress. But last year was not luck. Not so much. Uh, Tennessee tried really, really hard to lose to, I believe, Oklahoma, Florida and Arkansas and maybe another. Um, they barely beat. That's uh, not luck. They barely beat South Carolina. So. With Josh Dobbs, I don't know. He's is he overrated? He's definitely not underrated. Um, He, you know, he definitely uh, is definitely smart. um, Has the skills and all that, but hasn't put together the kind of season that you would expect to see based on the hype. But we live in a world in which Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are first rounders, so obviously I don't know a thing about quarterbacks. How many yeah. how many of these first seven games does Tennessee need to win for us to get to a place where we're not like, oh, Butch Jones going to get fired? Well, keep in mind, Butch Jones might get fired before a game is played. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yes. That's entirely possible. I think, I think it is. It we're, feels... just gonna, we're just going to put that on the table. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's assume, on the possible table. Let's assume that's not the case. Okay. Let's assume that he is the coach as of September 1st when they host Appalachian State. Uh, from that game all the way through the Alabama game, does he have to go 5-2? and two? Let's see. Well, uh, if he, if, are we saying the last five or five and zero oh because that South Carolina, Tennessee, Tech, Kentucky, Mizzou, and Vandy? I, I, don't, we, I, we... I honestly don't think he can lose any of those games and be in good shape. I mean, maybe if Missouri, okay, okay. I, I will say if, if, you know, Missouri is resurgent or uh, Kentucky comes out of nowhere and is what, you know, we'll, we can get to them eventually. Um, maybe those become excusable losses down the stretch. But where we sit now, those are not <clears throat> none of those are losses that you look at and say, oh, you can survive those. Unless somehow you start, well, even if you started the season seven and zero and beat Alabama, if you turn around and lose to Kentucky or Vanderbilt, right. you're screwed, right? So if if we go ahead and say sort of assuming assuming we there's a five and zero finish here, yeah. I mean, I think four and three, he's still back for twenty seven. Yeah, even, yeah, even three and four, because then we're still. We meaning you. No, this isn't my problem. You, you the listener who likes, <laughs> who likes this team for some reason. Yeah. You're still finishing on a five-game winning streak. It doesn't matter who you who you who you lost to in November. You know, in like you know March or whatever. You're mad about that, but I don't know. You 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 finish on a five-game winning streak. The coach is back. Yeah, especially if one of those wins is over Florida, because psychologically that's a huge deal. I don't sure. know if they really. I don't like it, it, honestly. Would we Florida, remember Florida or Alabama? Yeah. Would we re, would we remember? I mean, they're going to lose to Alabama, and then they're they're not beating <laughs> Alabama, so they're going to lose to Alabama. And like even if this, even if they flake out and they lose to Virginia Tech and A and M, if they win one of those big games in conference and then sweep the rest and finish like eight or nine wins, he's fine. Okay. I think that the number where you start getting kind of hedgy is seven, seven, especially if. In that last five, in that last five, if they lose any of those, that's a problem. And I'm kind of looking at Kentucky. Looking at you, Kentucky. Especially like, because three of those last five are at home. 
<laughs> yeah, like, and, yeah, and the other one's at Vandy. So really, the, the last five, if you go, where could you be completely blindsided? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> oh, hey, these, these always seem to come back to our guy, Will Muschamp. Tennessee. <laughs> you want to know who could completely ruin your day? Yeah. Oh, he's ruined many of mine. Will Muschamp. Ten- Tennessee only has to play outside of the state three times all season. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, I would yeah, like I, to. Uh, I think if you're if you're four and zero, say say you get past Florida, say you're four and zero heading to the game at Georgia. Yeah. At that point, expectations and hype and tensions are so high. Yeah. Ooh. And, and then if you drop, <laughs> and then if you drop that Georgia game, well, I don't know. We'll get there. I would like to say, uh, my wife found out we were doing Tennessee on the podcast this week. She briefly asked if she could be a guest on. Uh, the full cast, but then she said, "Well, I don't think I want to because I might say something wrong or not funny." And I realized that that has literally never stopped us. So never. Congratulations on being smarter than us, Caitlin. Ninety ninety percent of the job showing up, and we're here. S- sort of done. We're late, in but car- we're here. In, in cars, yeah. late, but we're here. We're here. <laughs> uh, so what's what's our number? What's our number? What's our number? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start us off at ten and two. Wow, I'm going. I, I'm going to call number. for. I'm going to call for eight and four. Okay, I'll split. I'll split at nine. Nine wins. All right. Okay. Bang. Compromise. Because eight, eight, eight and four with the, the eight and four with the four <laughs> with the four selected ever just so correctly is one of the funnier stories in 2016. Um, I think I think we put Tennessee right in the dead center of the. How do we feel about this zone? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's perfect. Um, Spencer, what are you wearing today? I'm currently wearing a pair of, uh, let's see, gray mesh gym shorts and a kind of aquamarine uh, v-neck t-shirt. Incorrect. You're not wearing a Deion Sanders jersey. You're disqualified. Jason, what are you wearing today? Um, I have an Atlanta Hawks shirt. It's the new, the new, the new mm-hmm. Volt green. All the kids like it. Um, and cargo shorts because it's a day after, like, February. Uh, that's pretty good, but it's not the rare Rashid Wallace Hawks jersey, so you're also disqualified. Real men mm. wear jerseys, and that's why we're here to talk about Michigan! Oh, Michigan. Wow. Yeah. So Michigan plays football? No, they wear jerseys. It's different. They're, they're, I mean, they're not just like a... It's like like a, it's like, it, a, like, a, like a like a content generating thing for it's, websites. It's like the difference between um, being a superhero and going to Comic Con. You know, mm-hmm. Jim Jim Harbaugh is the dopest college football cosplayer in the world. This is almost to the the brand extent, right? Hold on, I have a Sailor Warren Moon joke in here somewhere. Keep going. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. This is this is almost to the like to the like brand that exists without a product status, right? Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's where we're at. This is this is almost going back to Yeti. It's almost this, the sticker you see on the back of cars without being able to attach this, what actually the thing is. So, uh, Jim Harbaugh's Michigan is in- Entertainment 720. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to get to. What do you do? Well, you know, we have a synergistic approach to marketing across multiple levels that really gets consumers excited about what we are and what we do. What Man, you, when is Jim Harbaugh going to drop detox? What are, what are you about? We're about clean lines. We're about boundless enthusiasm. We're about getting after it. 
<laughs> Clean line. <laughs> we're about updated marks that connect with our audience. And we're about and, we're about in, in today's today's uh, social landscape. And we're about going uh, after Rutgers full fucking force. <laughs> we, <laughs> that's our brand. Rutgers. <laughs> that's Rutgers' brand also. <laughs> we really have to we have to we have to move. They've already claimed that territory. <laughs> <laughs> that is well tried, friends. This is this is our lean to. You go to your own lean to over there. Uh, but yeah, your Michigan will actually play football. Thank Christ. Oh um, man, Michigan! Can I just give you this, by the way, Michigan? I want to skip to the schedule. Jesus! Oh, it's a Jesus! Beauty. Oh Jesus. my God! They can just tee the hell off. Oh my! For like two months. It's. Um, I just want to point out that they play arguably the worst team from at least four different conferences. <laughs> this is the game. This is the game genie of schedules. They have Hawaii, UCF, Colorado, and Rutgers. <laughs> and and how many of those games are on the road? Just the Rutgers game. Free trip yeah, to New York. Yeah, they're not going to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, oh God. They get they get Wisconsin at home. They get a bye week before. This is my favorite. Oh God, I'm cracking up. I couldn't even say it. <laughs> You're gonna have to say it, Ryan. Finish my sentence they or get, something. They get, a, they get a bye week before Illinois at home. <laughs> So they get a bye week before Illinois, which is the bye week before the Michigan State game, yeah. which is their first big road test in East Lansing. It's it's their first big test. Like, I mean, Wisconsin might be a decent team this year, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the Penn State should Penn State should be pretty good. Okay, uh, sure. Wisconsin nah, won't be anything sure. all that special, but yeah, yeah. October twenty ninth, season starts. I mean, if you looked at this schedule and I told you there are only four teams on here that make a bowl game. Would you believe me? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Rough, roughly. I mean, maybe maybe five. Games. Maybe five. But oh god, Michigan. This is, you know, for for all the chest thumping you do about the AP courses you're taking, this is some summer school <laughs> schedule right here. Oh yeah, this <laughs> is the, that remedial schedule. Yeah. This is this is amazing. Like if they, I, I like this is on the face of it, it'd be fun to go into like you know. Oh hey. Here's what they got coming back, and man, we got we got some some real interesting personnel in here. Um, without looking, this is ten and two at worst. Well, at and, worst. and yeah, now yeah. and now we get to watch Michigan fans continue to do the thing they previously hate because when whenever an SEC team has a weak schedule or a weak non-conference cross-divisional schedule, SEC fans say, well, you know, every week's a battle in this conference. And now Michigan gets to do that. Congratulations. You oh, get- no. It's even beyond that. They get to say, well, here in the Big Ten, as of this year, we play nine conference games. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was cool. Worried. You, added, you added a game against Illinois. Good. Because that's your, that's your other cross-division game. Glad you, we got Indiana in there. Thank God. Phew. That's that, I think that's going to make the difference to the playoff committee. This is, that Wisconsin game at home in 2016. Yeah, a, I, I would also point this schedule. out. Like, personnel-wise... Uh, bad. They, they need a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, not that you know. I think that, they've got some good options there. They also they, they also turn Jake. I mean, they also turn Jake Rudock into yeah. Yeah, I mean we're hearing stuff like, how are they going to move on from Jake Rudock? Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Iowa just went to the Rose Bowl without Jake Rudock. So That's just true. hang on a second here. 
Yeah, and the upside of that, by the way, is that their offensive line is badass. They have yep. a fantastic offensive line. They'll be the daylights out of the ball. So uh, they're set in a lot of ways before they even have to unfold any of the schedule. And then uh, they get a great offensive line. They actually have people who can catch the ball. Yo, Jake Butt, you coming back? Butt back. Butt back. Uh, yeah. Lots of talent on defense. Uh, oh, I think yeah. one of one, the only other question is kind of the edges up front on defense, uh, where hey, you're bringing in the number one recruit in the nation to put him in the middle of all that spread thing. You know, spread things out a little bit. I, I mean, I if Michigan doesn't go ten and two, we all get to point and laugh at Harbaugh for a long, long seven or eight months. Oh, I just yeah, you're right. There's there's no other way around it. Um, they, now they, I will say I will say conversely. Yeah. Uh, this might be the team that if they pull the wrong, if they pull the wrong draw at the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> oh might, swan dive. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean they might look like a nine-win team, you know, in any other conference. People will say, well, they wouldn't do that in the SEC. No, no, this is this is a real good team. And by the way, that argument doesn't quite work as well as it once might have. So, um, you know, the record might be kind of illusory. Like it, it might be kind of inflated via the absolute badness of the rest of the Big Ten, but they're not alone in that. There are many conferences where there's going to be some reeking football being played, like so kind of I, the kind of the entire bottom of the SEC. <laughs> I, I don't think Michigan is the best team in the country, but I think there's an easy case that Michigan is the safest playoff bet, largely because of this schedule and also because they return a lot of talent and all that, but. Um, you know, Ohio State might be a better team, lose a ton. I don't know. They're probably about even, but Ohio State has to play Oklahoma. You know, every every other team is just tested so much more often that if Michigan is just, I mean, at a, at eleven and one, twelve and one Big Ten title, that would that would get you in the playoff. And I, I, I mean, if you get excited. past Ohio State, I think you're in. I'm also excited to see uh, when Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan all go one and one against each other. And totally sure. just throw everything into shit. So, Michigan State loses a lot too. So there's another team that is probably not quite as scary as it might look. Like every single, I mean, <laughs> the three best teams you play here are what? Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Ohio State. And those are the three three of the teams in the country that lost the most. Fuck it, I'll say it. Twelve and zero. All right, do it. Twelve and zero. I like it. Do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna call. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna call eleven and one. Boo. Outvoted, 12 and 0. 12 and 0! That's fine. That's how we do it. I, I, I am excited. Let, let, the record, let the record show that uh, Spencer had mercy. This is going to be the reference point every time somebody accuses us of being Michigan haters. We'll be like, we picked him to go undefeated, dog! <laughs> I, will, I will also state that I'm the only member of this podcast cast <laughs> that has the, the maize and blue on their actual corpus. So... Hey. That you know of. Spencer, Spencer's, Spencer's being uh, calm and responsible, a calm and responsible Michigan man does not uh, leap boldly into into, uh, into 12 and 0, not with the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors on the schedule. No. Uh, let's talk about the other half of the battle at Bristol Virginia Tech with a brand new head coach. That's a weird for thing. The, for the first time uh, since the 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, the Highlander himself retired. Frank Beamer gone. Uh, replaced instead by Justin Fuente out of Memphis. The fine 
fine Memphis coach. And just remember when you're like, oh, man, like, what did he do to get this job? I'm just catching up. It's crazy. Who's Justin Fuente? Uh, he made Memphis good. He One did, of the yeah. worst. Yeah, he made Memphis real good. Uh, beat Ole Miss. Uh, had an outstanding year last year. Uh, got a quarterback into the ranks of the NFL draft in Paxton Lynch. Uh, a guy from the TCU coaching staff sliding up to take the place of Frank Beamer, but not really to move the entire coaching staff around. They did keep uh, a dude who will never – he's not leaving Blacksburg. I don't ever. think – at this point, I don't think he knows how. Or he has some sort of crippling fear. <laughs> or or he's limited by some sort of shock collar. Maybe he has object permanence problems where he's like, if I leave Blacksburg, it'll disappear and all those people will die. I care about these people. I don't know that that's not true. <laughs> Try proving it. We love you, Bud Foster. That's also why he carries the lunchbox, so he can see his lunch at all times. Gotta keep oh. an eye on your lunch. Oh, no, no, no. Fridge. Things disappear in the fridge. They go away forever. <laughs> the, the hill banshees will take your lunch. That's where Bud... <laughs> listen, Bud Foster still is up in those hills. And when it stops turning out the finest corn shine in eight counties... That's when he'll leave Blacksburg, That's when he'll Virginia. Fucking leave. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Virginia Tech. They do have East Carolina for homecoming, and I know mm-hmm. this is not the same East Carolina team in years past. And maybe this is actually setting up to just be a brutal whooping of the Pirates to avenge for past transgressions. But I look at it, and I'm a little worried on behalf of the Hokies, just in theory, just in concept. Uh, yeah, except this, uh, they don't, they don't even, this is going to be interesting to me because, uh, this is a defensive minded team that's managed to like, you know, eke out points despite having absolutely no ability to move the ball offensively for, I don't know, 10 years running, something like that at this point. It feels like it. 10 10 years running like a VT quarterback. Yeah, more like ten years standing still. <laughs> ten, ten years drifting indecisively to the right, looking for an open receiver. <laughs> ten years stumbling. Yeah. So now you're 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 maintaining all that defensive tradition, uh, and you're adding a coach who seems like he knows what to do with quarterbacks and how to find them because Jordan Lynch, or excuse me, Paxton Lynch, uh, he plucked him out of a, a state that I I can't I can't. Recall to mind the name of the state. It's near. It's near some big football programs. One of which uh, could have certainly used um, used a quarterback like him recently. I don't I know what, what, what state was that. Familiar. Uh, I believe it was the state of Florida. But but anyway, that's yeah, neither here no, nor not, there. I'm not familiar with that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, found that guy. Actually, I believe even Oregon. No, I believe he did find that guy and developed him. And uh, if you can do that at Memphis, you can do that literally anywhere. So if the offense, you know, it should take a small step forward this year, but in future years, you got to feel pretty good about it. Also, remember that Virginia Tech, most interesting when they have a gigantic lumbering quarterback, right? Huge, massive, oftentimes under-equipped, <laughs> under-prepared guy throwing out there. They have one of those. Um, he's a Juco guy, Gerard Evans, and uh, Fuente had been recruiting him at Memphis, and uh, he's just... A big old lug of a dude who also can play in a spread offense. So guess what? They're running a spread. Got a big old quarterback. Uh, they will. They're a little short on skill position stuff, but they have a good tight end, good fullback, etc. So it won't be a game breaking kind of offense, but it'll definitely be something I think better 
Like, they've just been so much better at quarterback anywhere Fuente's been than anything Virginia Tech has turned out. That, and they get to keep Bud Foster's defense. So, in theory, that should work better. That's not always the way that goes in coaching transitions, but in theory, it should look a lot better. What does their schedule look like? Uh, across the division, they play Boston College and Syracuse. So, and they also they also draw Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They but. do do that. They have that. They have road games at Pitt and Duke, um, and North Carolina. It's sort of a mix. It has it has its stumbling blocks. It has its games they should win. Um, it feels outside of Tennessee and at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, you're not going to be more than what a three or three or four point underdog in any of these games. At Pro- worst, probably. I guess North Carolina on the road will be an interesting question, just to see what they look like uh, replacing their quarterback. That could be, that could be a potential place where they're not looking uh, as competitive. But other than that, yeah, I think that's right. I'm gonna be yeah. yeah I mean, the, the offense, I don't know if it'll take a huge leap forward, but you can definitely see explosion potential here because in addition to those, you know, those big six, eight tight ends and whatnot, they do have a guy who's being considered one of the ACC's, you know, best receivers. I cannot recall his name right now, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. surely I could look it up. But no, yeah. no, I, I, I can't I can't be bothered to that's do a, that. That's unnecessary. Um, yeah, there are, I mean, there's only one game on here they have to win, right? That's the Virginia, uh, yeah. that's the Virginia game. Yeah, sure. Frankly, that's one where I'm like, I don't know what happens there. I but, have no clue what either one of these teams are going to look but, like at the end. But season. that is I'll, that I'll, that is I'll the way. That is the way to start your tenure off in the worst way would be to lose to Virginia at home. I mean, that's not that's not happening. But I don't know what it'll look like. Okay. 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 It might be seventeen sixteen. <laughs> it might be seventy to sixteen. Okay. I don't know. It's just not going to end with UVA winning this year. Can you imagine one year ago being able to say, Bronco Menden all owns that ass, Virginia Tech? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I saying, could. Hey, it would just, wait, be, it would just wait, be in a bowl game context. What alternate universe are we talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, they, also, they, it, they, important to note, uh, Mendenhall and Fuente um, were the head coaches of the legendary BYU Memphis Miami Beach Bowl brawl. Oh, wow. So... Oh, uh, we fight. Any, any hopes of this this rivalry finally having legit in-state hate tension? Uh, there was a shoving match a couple years ago, but that ain't cutting it. Uh, let's see if these two coaches can inject some of that. I don't fight. I don't argue. I just hit that who with the bottle. Yes. <laughs> I would also, as a side note, watch UVA this year. They're going to get way nastier. That's, uh, They're going to be like, oh, man. They're just going to be the huh. – <laughs> all of Bronco Mendenhall's BYU teams were just the nastiest. It'll be just so – Just a inco- bunch of mean dudes and just a bunch of ruffled collars and, 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 and cummerbunds and all that with blood on them. No, I'm not. I don't – no. But, we're not talking about UVA on this podcast. Powdered, powdered wigs getting tore off for, for the fight. Basically, the confusing thing about the Virginia Tech schedule is that it is peppered with teams that could go, could win five games, or could win eight or nine games. Yes, it's an ACC schedule. It is an ACC schedule. God damn it. (laughs) Stupid ACC. All right, I'll say say seven and five. Hmm. So you, you you got seven wins? Uh, I'm counting, I'm counting them manually. Three, four... 
But yeah, I can find seven on here. I feel good about that. I'm a, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, nine and three to bump us up to eight and four. So far. Okay. I will shoot that gap and I will take eight and four. Okay, I feel fine with that. Go Hokies. Um, we got two more Pac-12 teams to do. Somehow we have not done all of the Pac-12 teams on this on this uh, podcast yet. I think we have 19 more to do. There's so. a damn lot well, yeah, of... We're I was going to say, little known fact, the Pac-34 has been a reality we're for seven there. years. We're getting there. I'm really looking forward to our San Francisco 49ers preview. Chip uh, Brown was right all along. Would you rather do Washington or Arizona? Um, I would rather end on Washington. All right. So, Because so I'd like to go in alphabetical order. Let's, so, let's Arizona. talk about Arizona then. Um, Next. Sure. They're there. Uh, Rich Rod... Uh, Scooby Wright is gone. They also play Hawaii. I got. I have very little to say about Arizona, yeah. and I feel There's badish a, a de- about that. But <laughs> defensive coaching staff overhaul, mm-hmm. which you needed one of those. Yeah. Um, that should be better. They're recruiting a lot better now that that really matters for this season, unless they find an amazing loophole. But uh, yeah, a lot of the same stuff as last year, minus Scooby. A new Solomon is Solomon is back. They got to play Stanford. They got to play Washington and Wazoo. You got BYU out of conference in Arizona, and BYU is outselling your fans for tickets. So uh, fan fan expectations are pretty high. Honestly, here's here's what I'll say about Arizona: wait a month, and then come back and decide how you feel about them. Uh, yeah, but let's take just a quick look at the first month of that schedule. Yeah, yeah. Parse that out. Uh, they get BYU in, for some reason they're playing that game in University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, the Cardinals. So they, so they can fit more BYU fans. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Uh, they host Grambling State. They host Hawaii. Man, Hawaii. I'll just, uh, racking up those miles. Good for you. Um, and then they host Washington. So they don't have to leave the state for the first month. They're playing the equivalent of four home games, and they have... Two, uh, you know, BYU is sort of an open question with Bronco Mendenhall leaving. Uh, but they, the Washington game is going to be the first time where we have any meaningful sense of where Arizona is in 2016, I think. I, I'm going to recommend we wait uh, two, two months two before months? deciding how we feel about two it. Because uh, check, you out, know what? Check, out, check out this run of six games. Yeah. Washington at UCLA at Utah, USC, Stanford at Washington State. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. After that, you come come down. Wait until Uh, January. In January, we will definitely know where Arizona was. Tune into this this program one year from this date, (laughs) and we will tell you how Arizona did. We will definitely have a better sense of Arizona as a 2016 team. Uh, Yeah, this this is tough. I just don't know. I just don't. I just don't have meaningful feelings about it. Uh, uh, my my I, feeling is this: that's that's a bur- that's a burly ass schedule. Yeah. Burly. Yeah. I mean, they could start. They like in theory, they could start like like what two and four. Like sure, it's it's hard it's hard to find like wins where you go. Yeah, that looks like that looks definite. Like does even. Washington State. Does that even look like anything definite at all? That's at Pullman, brother. Nothing's definite there. I mean, even Oregon State is your easiest game in conference here, mm-hmm. and that's really far away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This. This is. I think this is a an extremely difficult year 
schedule anything. I think an opener against BYU, they're in a much better position, I think, than BYU at the moment. Does, so, What does this year mean in terms of Rich Rod and his tenure at Arizona? I have no sense. I, I, I'm asking that in an open way because I have no sense of if Arizona fans are happy with him, if they think he's leading the program in the right direction, or is this just turning into, uh, hey, we already saw Stoops do this. Thanks. <laughs> I, th- I mean, it seems like they're pretty happy with him. They fought South Carolina for him and were uh, very excited to retain him. Well, either so. either that or South Carolina was just cheap, according to some rumors. So there, well, there's that. I mean, if if you're less cheap than South Carolina, that's not saying much. Granted, yeah. but um, <laughs> South Carolina Gamecocks—they throw a lot of money around. That's fine. But um, I mean, it feels like he could absorb a bad year just fine. A, a little rebuilding year. In a, in a tough conference with a tough schedule, I don't yeah, think. Like, I don't this, think a four and eight would get him fired or anything. This looks like this looks like if I'm being real optimistic, this looks like six and six. Hmm. Yeah, to me, just thinking about the team and the schedule, it's like four or five. But Rich Rod, it's hard. To, it's hard to argue for Rich Rod having a losing record. I can't think of anywhere he's ever done that before. Um, in, 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 his, in his previous stints. Since no, if, if he did, that place must have been awful and impossible to win I, at. Based I can't, on, I, I can't uh, imagine a entire this, institution being, you know, a complete mess. I can't imagine a situation so dysfunctional where he couldn't succeed, and they'd have to eventually hire a psychopath. It just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that could happen. Well, you know, there's a step in between that, but we don't have to get there. We don't have to do that. It's fine. Um, yeah, if you want to say six and six, I guess that reflects the uh, quality of the Pac-12. <laughs> And I mean that more in question mark noise, well, not uh, home improvement noise. I know, yeah, but, but <laughs> I heard Tim, Coach I heard Tim, Tim Allen, Allen is coming to fix this defense. Uh, what do I do about all these touchdowns we're giving up? It I, just needs it just needs more power. Uh, I don't think so, Rich. The other thing that you need to factor in here in the Wacky Pack Twelve is uh, there's going to be at least one or two other teams that completely collapse. There'll yeah, be at least yeah. one or well, two teams. Yeah, you do get to play Arizona State. I mean, you, I kind of looked at USC. I was, I was <laughs> always, always an option. See, I was going to say UCLA just gave Jim Mora a contract extension, so that seems uh, destined okay. to turn south just, just because of that. Jonah, nine to three. Okay, good. I mean, just <laughs> like does Todd Graham? Is Todd Graham even the coach? Come the, their big game the in November. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say today. <laughs> can i get a proof of life of todd graham please just a lot yeah. of his hair um i i i still can't go higher than six and six i just because i have no idea it's a cop out but i don't care yeah i mean i i thought getting the six and six required a break in that sort of five game stretch it might that jason, but, that jason was talking about but those like, are also the, those are also teams that are known to give you a break so <laughs> yeah, no, it happens when you're dealing with the when you're dealing with Pac-12 and all 37 teams that it throws at you. I mean, I mean, Pac Pac-12's got a lot of firepower, and sometimes those guns just just don't shoot. It's fine. All right, so uh, we're gonna sit at six and six. Yeah, yeah, that's that sure. All right, all right, bag it. We and finish up. With, we finish up with uh, speaking of enigmatic Pac-12 teams. The most, I think, the most interesting Pac-12 team this year. Agreed. Uh, Washington. Washington is not going to play a lot of interesting football to start the season. They will host Rutgers. They will host Idaho. They will host Portland State. And then they will go to Arizona, and that's September for them. Oh, no, they do have uh, 
they do host Stanford uh, on a Friday night uh, to end September. So it gets it goes from dull to interesting pretty quick. Yeah, and that that's the thing. They Chris Peterson has not been able to build uh, an offense mm-hmm. there. That's kind of been the thing that has not happened. They were real good defensively at times. Uh, they definitely did not have uh, what you would expect to be a good record in conference. I think they're four and five in the Pac-12, which that's not good. That's not what they expect. Um, but this is the the team where you go, okay. Um, and we kind of had this with Sarkeesian too. You kind of go, all right, we've got them to a good like. Seven and five, eight and four, like boil. Can we roll this over into double digits? Can we have something where you look at, you know, if you look at everything and go, okay, is Jake Browning going to continue to mature as a quarterback like he did over the last couple of games, right? Uh, UW Dog Pound had a great article on this showing that, yeah, he got way better over the course of the season. And that's like promising. You don't want to believe in momentum. I don't. But there was definitely sort of, okay, this is. This is like when the light turned on for Kevin Hogan at Stanford. Like, oh, look, he understands what he's doing. Oh, and he's only a sophomore. This could only get better. So, and having Chris Peterson do that, somebody who's talked time and time again about being super methodical with quarterbacks and bringing them along, like, from this set of concepts to this one, it's really cool to watch what he could do at a place as large as Washington. So, is it schedule time? Can we look at the schedule? We can. We can. I think there are... Four solid wins on here, and probably, uh, and those are the Rutgers, Idaho, Portland State, Oregon State games. And then there's the coin flip games. That would be, I'll say, at Arizona, at Utah, at Cal, Arizona State, and Washington, at Washington State. And then, okay. And then there's USC, Oregon, Stanford. I think I think the the coin flip in any Apple Cup is always a great call. Yeah, yeah, Just merely because of what it is. <laughs> Which is, uh, no one knows. No, no one ever. Knows. No, no, no one ever knows. <laughs> Maybe one of my favorite rivalry games, strictly for that, in that it's always this bizarre. It's like the battle that happens. You know, rivalry week is this grand theater of conflict, and it's like the battle that happens where afterwards you go, what? No, yeah, the, the the Apple Cup is the uh, theoretical animal fight that could never happen. Because it's like, what if a shark battled an orangutan? And it's like, well, that just can't. I mean, there's not a situation where they can even exist. But what if it did? But it's it's what if a drunk shark and a drunk orangutan? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They, they got into the booze. Crazy things happen. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Looking at Washington this year, to me, I get why they're being hyped. Why, like Bill C's numbers had them as early, uh, had them as high as number ten in the projected ratings, and you can see like the uh, the the poll people are starting to bring them up toward that level. Because you look at the Pac-12 North, which is probably the most interesting division this year since any of the six teams could win it. Um, Washington State feels like a long shot, but I mean, look at what else is here. There's not a clear favorite at all. Um, and it's easy to talk yourself into Washington being the favorite based on how much they return, how young they were. Uh, the way the schedule sets up, I don't think is all that scary. I think Oregon is probably your own Oregon and Washington state are your hardest road games. And, uh, you know, other than that in your division, not that tough. Um, you might be favored over Stanford. You might be favored over USC. Uh, honestly, I have them at nine and three myself. 
and you look at that like that feels really really high but is it i don't know no, i don't i don't think that's high at all yeah, I, think I think that's like, fair like my worst possible scenario for them is eight four if you just look at you know okay here's the talent you have on staff and here's you know on roster and here's where you're playing and yeah eight and four is like the worst i think nine and three is nine and three is realistic the the question i guess is going to be can they like they have they have this maddening inability um, since Peterson got there to string together wins in any meaningful way? They are definitely the team that just sort of all you know flip flops win loss win loss win loss loss win win loss, um, and I I don't think they can get away with that this year and finish with anything meaningful. Because, I think last year Washington was the team that you kind of can't look at in a binary way. They're right. kind of like Arkansas the year before because their losses, I think at least half of them were by a single score, which that might not sound all that impressive. But all the losses were really close, really competitive against good teams. Uh, there might have been one that got away from them, but they were a lot better than a 7-6 and six team should should have been. Yeah, that's fair. And they also didn't beat – I mean, they beat USC. That was an ugly game. Other than that, they beat nobody of consequence. That's the other flip side of this is they are uh, kind of in the Tennessee boat of improving, in, uh, encouraging signs, et cetera, et cetera. They really have to go beat somebody that will cause other people to stand up and take notice. Yeah, and and the thing about their wins, they weren't beating good teams, but they were they were stomping out decent teams. Right, right. I just if we if we get through that Stanford Oregon back to back. Um, and they lose both of those games and don't look competitive in either, I think we'll probably collectively close the book on them for the year. Sure. They'll probably, I mean, around that point, we'll probably have a clear Pac-12 North favorite. Yeah. But as it is, it's a really fun division to think about. Uh, yeah. And I say that as the Internet's number one Stanford football fan. Come out. Uh-huh. Sure. Come out. Live, tree, live tree or die. Live tree or die. I know you you messing you messing with the whole thing from the roots to the branches to the cones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mess with Ryan Nanny's <laughs> love <laughs> to the needles to the to, sap to the needles. He he's the Stanford fan to the very sap of the man. Conifer air. That's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I guess we called nine nine and three. Yeah, nine and three works. The, I, that's the. Like, I, I need a little more ringing endorsement than that. You feel better with eight and four? No, no. I uh, nine and three works. I just, you know, I think I really do think the Stanford Oregon pair is going to be where we have a sense of where if Washington's more hype or uh, or less. So if Washington goes nine and three, that means they let's they they split Stanford and Oregon. Sure. The, that seem seem yeah. about right. Yeah. Which means there's a very good chance they win the Pac-12 North. Um, no one in the Pac-12 South jumps out as any, especially more interesting than any of these North teams in any way. So let's say Washington beats, you know, USC or whoever. So Washington's in the Rose Bowl now, by the way. Hey, congratulations. So, I mean, I guess that's what, when I think nine and three Washington in this Pac-12, I think we're talking conference champion Washington, (laughs) which I guess that's the part that feels like, whoa, whoa, hey, wait, 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 hang on. But I don't see an outstanding argument against it. Um, Oregon Oregon starting over in some ways. Stanford loses a ton. A lot of of dominoes have to fall for us to get three ACC teams in the playoffs, and this is one of them. (laughs) 
that is a reliable a reliable gambit to play in your team's road to the playoff is this. I need the Pac-12 to cannibalize itself. Okay, okay, okay. After this, we need to replace Jeff Long with Bud Elliott. We're so good. Okay, you know what? You might be right. Frankly, the validity of that argument's blinded from any analysis because the Pac-12 does actually, you know, they do actually play each other a lot and they schedule pretty well at a conference. However, uh, y'all, uh, y'all tend to do this too. Man. So if you want to, if you want to take the humble brag off that, right? Like. Oh, man, listen, the only reason I haven't been more successful is because I give so much away to those I love. Okay, cool. That's fine. But, uh, you know, take the brag off that if you like. Uh, playoff playoff rep Bud Elliott is pretty special. And I want it to happen now just so he can be like, well, if skinny legs were a metric, the Pac-12 would be in. 